Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to episode 121. Um, we were thinking with Thanksgiving coming up when we are culturally encouraged to feel grateful for things. Um, we think it's a really good practice too to learn how to grieve and lament. So today's episode is going to be about lament, um, but don't go anywhere. It's going to be really good. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a bummer. I think we, we're going to talk about things like what is the difference between complaining and lamenting? Like what does lamenting even mean? I think I'm very confused. Like I don't really quite fully understand it. Um, and I think like, you know, collectively we, we really, there's a lot to lament right now with COVID-19 and, you know, various school situations and political stuff. I mean, there's just a lot going on. So um, we thought it would be helpful before we're called to be, you know, digging deep for things to be thankful for if we really acknowledge what um, is hard. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just like a lot of stuff we talk about in this podcast about balance. Like, I think you can go qu- kind of one of, one of two ways, either culturally or um, in the Christian world. Like we can go between like, we just need to be grateful for everything. And if you feel, if you feel like you're, you know, down in the dumps, if you will, and you know, in quotation marks, like, or if you just feel frustrated and that kind of stuff, well, then you just need to be more grateful. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, sometimes we can just like, oh, we like, we can complain so much and forget what we should be grateful for. So it's like finding that balance, right? Like where, where is it? Where do we find the balance between grieving loss and grieving that things aren't the way they should be because we live in a broken world versus being really grateful for what God has done in our lives and for the blessings that we have and the beauty around us. All that kind of stuff. It's like finding that balance because I think that if you go one way that you can take for granted the other thing, like we don't want to take for granted that we do live in a broken world and that the people around us are grieving and we're grieving. And we also don't want to take for granted all the blessings that we have. So it's like how to hold those two things in tension. And I think it's just good to make a little mental note that being down in the dumps is normal. And yeah. um, like, we're never going to, it just drives me crazy when people are like, well, have you spent enough time with God lately? Yeah. And it's like emotions are normal. We're human. Jesus had lots of emotions. That yeah you know, even Christians are uncomfortable with that he expressed openly. And I just want to like put that little mark at the beginning of this episode that like, whatever you're feeling is fine. And we're not saying, like, you know, not to, because we're going to talk about complaining, but like, what am I trying to say? Like, don't feel, don't feel like, well, I just need to double down on my morning prayer time. And like, maybe you do need to, I've got, I don't know. I don't know your life. Just saying, like, that's not always the answer to chemical problems in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Real circumstances. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, obviously there there's there are there is a difference between um like the, the mental state of depression versus being frustrated with life and needing to get complaining out and that kind of stuff. Those are and like they might go hand in hand with each other, but like what we're talking here is not like clinical depression. No, not even even like making it extreme, but just, I mean, we're collectively going through trauma in a way that like, unless you're a hundred years old, you've never done before. And no, older, younger, 80 years old. I don't know. Um, We're going through a collective trauma that I think is, it's even beyond other collective traumas because you could say like September 11th or whatever, things like that. But it's just deeply profoundly affected all of us and we're not going to be the same after it. And so I feel like if you're not having some mental stuff going on, like I I wonder if you're paying attention all the way, do you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, this is significant and there needs to be room for those feelings. And like, I guess Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be like labeling people left and right. It's like, let's tune into them and like see what they're teaching us and not be so quick to be like, (gasps) I'm having symptoms of anxiety. Let me like go diagnose myself and fix it. Like, but, but really engaging. And that's what lament is. It's engaging with the feeling of grief. Is that what yes. you define it as? Yeah. yeah. It's so it's a form of prayer. So, you know, complaining, 
Um, there, I think there's positive aspects to complaining and negative aspects to complaining. You know, complaining is just, you know, airing your grievance, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's I can't find a parking spot in this crowded parking lot, all the way to, you know, I'm frustrated with this friend and how they treat me, you know, like there's all of these things. And, and but th- that is, you know, usually complaining is an expression of a frustration or an expression of a frustration over an unmet expectation. You know, it's raining and we wanted to have this picnic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's this, then there's these, the, this grief over brokenness and, you know, all of humanity, you know, experiences stages of grief. Um, cries and has sorrow. Um, some of us cry more than others, <laughs> but we all like have you know those emotional um, emotional grief. But lament is is a very a very Christian. So crying is human. I would say lament is Christian, and um, and so it's a form of prayer. It's going to God with your sorrow, your grief over whatever brokenness it is, whether it's, you know, the loss of a job or struggles in your marriage or whatever, you know, all of, all of the world is broken because of sin. Every part of our life is broken because of sin. And so there's, there, there's grief um, surrounding us sometimes more than others, but lament is going, is bringing that grief to God with trust. And so to me, that's the, the, the biggest key part of lament is the faith that we can bring it to God, that grief to God, the deepest, darkest grief. So I'm not just talking about, I mean, I think he, he'll take the whole range, but it's the trust that you can bring him the darkest things. And mm-hmm. he, he is immovable. He's unshakable. That doesn't what damage him. To him. He doesn't like, yes. like, Ooh, that was too too far. Exactly. And so it's the trust that you can bring anything to him. Also the trust that like, he's going to bring you through it and he's going to walk you through it. And I think that that is the, like the biggest part of lament to me um, is, is the faith and the trust because I can, I can complain all day long and I can even like complain about titty tatty stuff to, to, to God, like little things, but it's like this, just this, sorrowful prayer that I'm bringing before him because I trust him that he can handle it and mm-hmm. that I can trust him to like walk me through it. Those are two yeah. very different yeah, things. Trust him. I mean, I think a lot of us, or for me, I should say, lament can be, it's very intimate and it's very close and personal and vulnerable. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of times like people will say things like, well, he's God. He doesn't care about like this thing, but really it's because we're afraid or we don't think that like, we're afraid of that intimacy with him. And we're afraid to really like give our whole heart. And then if you think about like our faith is really a relationship, it's us engaging and God engaging and the gift of having a reciprocal growing, moving relationship with our creator. Like if you look at it like that, then lament has to be part of it because it's not, I mean, what real relationship, I just got into it with a friend today, but I was like, you know, that's like part of a real relationship is like you air your frustrations and you trust the person enough that they're going to, you know, if if they're a healthy person and they've done their work, they'll be able to say, okay, am I, or, you know, whatever, like that they'll be able to take what you were frustrated with and that y'all can have a conversation because it's not a real yeah. relationship if you're just like, thank you, God, for this beautiful day. And like, you, you just kind of skip over all the like, yes, in your heart. Like, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's talking to God about our pain. I mean, a lament, I just like short form is just talking to God about our pain. And I found this really great article that I'll link in the um, show notes. It's from Desiring God on um, Christian Lament. Um, but it, it, and the, the title of it is actually Daring to Hope in God and How to Lament Well. Um, but he, um, he the, the author of the article, his definition was, it is, it is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. So yeah. like it's it's a it's a relationship building activity. Like, you know, just like what you were saying with your friend, like if if we just have a relationship with God that we never bring our fears, frustrations and sorrows to him, then it's not a deep relationship. And so the purpose of lament is to deepen that relationship with God. Well, and I think lament the difference if you want to talk about lament and complaining, I have two things to say. Okay. One lament is solution focused, 
Like lament is what, and, and you can't get there right away. Like, yeah. Isn't like March COVID-19 hits. You can't lament yet. You don't know what you're even lamenting. You're just yeah. like right now when it's November, we're <laughs> like, okay, I can kind of like, so I think there has to be some like time yeah. and space to be able to lament. That's one thing. Um, and you can, I mean, but I think if you follow your complaint, you'll find your grief. Because I think complaining gets a really bad rap, as it should. I mean, it's annoying. But, like, I just learned this with my kids. You know, when they're complaining about something over and over, and I say something like, oh, stop complaining, be grateful. You know, all those, like, things that you just, like, want to say because you just don't want to deal with, like, whatever's really going on. But I find that when they're complaining about something and I dig and I ask questions, there's always grief under it. I mean, yeah. sometimes they're just ornery or they need protein or they need to go to bed. And like, bed, that's, yeah, they're tired. That's yeah. Too, and that's know? the same for us. Yeah. <laughs> and, for us. and that's okay. Like, I just, I feel like complaining gets such a bad rap and I don't think it's always a bad thing because I think it's a way of processing your frustrations and your frustrations are rooted in griefs. And if we don't like, and it doesn't mean, and the thing, I guess what I want to say about it is like, I don't think we want to go out and complain to a bunch of people and be like, Rebecca, and like, you know, give you a laundry list of like crappy things. Like no one wants to hear that. But I think that like, just even complain or like acknowledging that to yourself and saying it out loud to yourself and just like acknowledging it before God. I mean, you don't have to be like, God, I didn't get my parking spot. But like, you could just, you know, say out loud, like, man, that's frustrating that I didn't get. Because if we don't name what we're feeling, this is such a me thing to say, but if we don't name what we're feeling and name what we're experiencing, it just sits inside you and then no good can come out of it. But you need to bring it into the light. And to me, like venting, complaining, like, you know, kind of figuring out like, well, why do it? Why am I so frustrated? Or like, why did I just feel like flying off the handle that person who cut me off? Like, what's really going on? Maybe I'm grieving, but I haven't been resting well lately. And then I go deeper into that. I'm like, well, why haven't I been resting well? Oh, COVID. Okay. That's the grief. But like the, yeah. the complaining was like the little like Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb on the way to the grief, except mm-hmm. when your head's not going to get stuck in an oven because that's where the metaphor feels. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just feel Don't like- Don't stick your head in the oven. <laughs> I feel like there's a way to- and I know the scripture says not to grumble and complain, so I'm not saying you should, but I just don't think, I think we're quick culturally to like, even labeling emotions as negative is kind of problematic if you think about it, because it's like, they're, they're just all, you know, like we never question when we're happy, but we always, if we have anything negative, we're like, why am I feeling this way? And let me figure oh, it out. Oh, I don't know. I question when people are too happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they're too happy, you're kind of like, can I get someone over here? <laughs> but I just think that, um, you know, complaint doesn't have to be a public act. It doesn't have to yeah. be something that like everybody has to know about, but like, yeah. I, I don't think it's healthy to keep things inside. So I think if you are confused, like because lament is solution focused and because lament is a step on a process with God, like maybe, and if somebody, the other thing I want to say too, is like, don't try to lament well. Like that's not yeah. the, point. the point is not being yeah. good at lament. Like that's stupid. Yeah. That's not how this works. But like lament is a, it's sort of like our whole lives are us learning to be okay with surrendering to Jesus. What is, and like, if you can't start at lament, if you start at like, I'm just really angry that this thing happened. I don't know why I'm angry, mm-hmm. but I'm mad. And like, I just need to tell you that like he will help you. The Holy spirit is there to like walk you through those things. But if we never say it out loud, then nothing is solved. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and the, the, the whole, um, do things without grumbling and complaining, you know, that is scripture verse, but it's also in context. And I think that, you know, the context of that is, is contentment. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, are, are we just constantly grumbling and complaining because, but we don't, we aren't, there's not, there's not a destination for that grumbling and complaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think with lament, there's a destination. The destination is a deeper relationship with God. It's putting our trust in God. It's it's seeking His help. It's like trying to move past the grief to the next thing versus this, The I think what I was talking about there with do everything without grumbling and complaining um, is, you, you know, you're, is first off expressing it to God instead of other people. And secondly, it's, um, it's it's a heart posture of 
um, grumbling and complaining for the sake of grumbling and complaining or actually like trying to move past it and like get dig down and bring it out so that it doesn't affect our life, but also to like give it to God and trust him and have a destination for that grief versus just constantly grumbling and complaining because we just like to sit in that. Like there's just like, there are times where we just like to sit in that because we don't want to do anything about it. And that can be addictive. I mean, that like, that's what we have to be careful. It's like, it's not, it's not bad, but like you can get used to it and then that can just become a habit. And then, you know, that makes you feel like crap. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, but I I think we also have to, remember, you know, that, you know, the, the world is broken and that we, you know, we travel, you know, in, in this life, we travel from like, I mean, this is going to sound dark and depressing, but like from one brokenness to another and like, mm-hmm. there's good in between, but like, that's the life we live because we live in a simple world that's broken and is being renewed, but it's like not there yet. You know, we live in the not yet. And, and so I think it's, we have to recognize that. And that, that's the lament is like recognizing that we live in a broken world, whether, you know, we're crying out about like communal injustices or like justice injustices that have been put against us. Like, but it's just a a recognition that, that like the world is broken and like Mm -hmm. naming those things. Like, I think that is lament. And um, until I like really started reading the Psalms, I would have said that the discussion of lament would like, that's an old Testament thing. And that's not a new Testament thing. <laughs> and, you know, um, just cause of the book of lamentations and the prophets and stuff. But like, when you really like dig into the lament Psalms and then like, look at Jesus and the way he lamented, like you can see the, you, you can see the ties between David and Jesus. So I was going to, um, I was going to read Psalm 113 because I think a lot of people me included, need an example of what lament looks like. And so um, Psalm 113 from David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I'm shaking. But I trust in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So there's this, you know, he turns to God. I mean, the first, he's addressing God and he's like, that's some deep stuff. Like he's he's calling God and saying, why have you forgotten me? Why have you... Um, hid your face from me? Why have you caused me this pain that I have to bear? Like, how long am I going to have to deal with this? Like, I mean, he's like, I mean, this is some heavy accusations he's pointing at God. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so he, but he, he, he's giving it to God. Like, he's not telling it to whom I mean, he might have told it to other people, but this is an example of him giving it, turning to God, choosing to talk to God about what is happening instead of just like harboring. Because that's like, when I think about myself in comparison, like, I, I have these questions. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh God, why have you done this? Like, why is this happening? But I usually stuff them instead of turning to God with them. Um, And that, I mean, you know, he's complaining. He's complaining about how other people are treating him. He's complaining about all of these things, but he's turning them to God because he's frustrated and doesn't know what else to do. But he asks God for help. Like, so he doesn't just stop. It doesn't just stop with, you're doing this, you're doing this. How long are you going to, how long is this going to continue? He then says, consider and answer me, oh Lord, my God. Like, I need your help. Like, and then he chooses to trust at the end. He says, but I trust in your steadfast love. So I think like this Psalm, I mean, there's lots of examples. And I mean, I think a third of the Psalms or something are lament Psalms, but like this to me is like the perfect, like setup of how we can bring lament to God. You know, we turn to him, we (laughs) lay it all out there, all bring all the complaints out there, but then we ask for his help. And then we remind, we, we remind ourselves and we remind God that we trust him with those things and that he's walking beside us through those things. Um, I, I think it's a, a prayer that like, we just don't study and um, do enough. I think we're really good at praying for certain things or we're really good at giving praise or thankfulness, but forgetting that like, this is a prayer that we've got to practice as well. Yeah. Well, and I think it, I mean, it just shows the depth of, because I mean, depth begets depth, right? So like if right. you are 
deeply grieved, you also have the capacity to be deeply loving and deeply happy. If you are just sort of like, if you don't acknowledge your grief and just, I'm talking like everyday griefs. I'm talking, I'm not talking like big dramatic things, but like just, you know, all the grief in your life, if you're just one of those people who you kind of like, just don't want to deal with it, which is most of us, like no one's like, yeah, let me go grieve today. Um, but if we don't deal with it, then I, I don't think, I think we're stunting our own capacity for the happy feelings too, because it's like yeah. all that stuff is on the other side of it. And like even relationship with God, like it's so much deeper when you can go and be honest and truthful. And that's, I, I think that's what strikes me about that Psalm and just all the other Psalms is like, wow, he really loves him enough to be mad at him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like David loves God enough to be mad at him. Yeah. Cause when it's like, you know, you see this too with like, with other people, when people are um, like, you can tell when someone really loves you cause they'll come to you and say, Hey, you hurt mm-hmm. my feelings. So if somebody just sort of like lets it go, it's like you, you weren't that important to them or they weren't yeah. that important to you. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I, I was thinking like, thinking about sorrow because I think all of humanity experiences sorrow. If you've never experienced sorrow, you must be really young and haven't experienced a lot yet. I mean, everybody experienced sorrow, yeah. right? Um, in whatever shape, way, shape or form we experience it. Um, and the temptation, I think at least for me, when I'm feeling sorrowful is actually to run from God um, because um, either, you know, lots of things. I think a lot of times we run because we don't, whether we don't think he can handle it or we don't want to hear what he has to say about it, or we don't want to acknowledge our role in whatever it is, or it's just too vulnerable you know, to like bring those well, things to a crappy feeling. Like, yeah. Or, but like, but lament forces us to turn towards him. So it's, it's taking that sorrow that, that is pushing us to run away from him. I yeah. mean, there's nothing Satan would like more for us to feel grief and not turn to God about it. Right. You know, because if we can just, if we can sit and, and, and just that grief, and it's okay to sit and grieve. I'm not saying that. I mean, there's plenty of biblical example for sitting and grieving, but if we can sit in that grief and not, turn to God and lament, then like it renders us powerless. Like we can't be released from the, the, the stranglehold that grief and sorrow has on us until we like bring it to God. And so Satan would love nothing more for us to just like sit in that and never bring it to God because it it makes us, you know, less powerful as Christians. And so, and I've just, you know, this is a new thing for me to like realize, you know, recently in the past few years that, like a lot of, there's a lot of power in gratitude and there's a lot of power in praise. There's also a lot of power in lament. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't come natural to naturally to my personality. My personality is, I mean, I have a cynical part of my personality, but most of the time I'm very positive and, <laughs> and I can, what, that I'm cynical or that I have a yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm cynical for the sake of being cynical a lot of the time, but for the most part, I, I live in a state of everything's going to be okay. And that's mostly just because I like to stuff down my feelings, not because I really am a positive person, um, because it's easier to be positive than it is for me to be negative, um, emotionally. And so, you know, most of my life I have sat with just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna be a positive person. Like that's my role. And realizing that there's, you know, that, that more work can be done when we're vulnerable. Um, and a part of being vulnerable, I don't think you can be vulnerable without being able to express like grief and sorrow. Like, I think that's impossible. With, I mean, I think a lot of Christians, like I feel that too, where it's kind of like, well, what do I have to be sad about? Like ultimately Mm -hmm. you know how this ends up, you know, everything's going to be fine. And there's just a great temptation to not engage in the world as it is and to just sort of like cut it off and be like so focused on heaven and later that you're not even like participating in life yeah. right now. And I don't think that's God's best for us. I think we're supposed to be engaging in the world and loving it as best we can. And I think that it's just, um, it just lacks, it, it kind of, our faith can start to lack a lot of depth if we... Yeah skim over all that and they're like, well, I'm going to heaven and Jesus loves me no matter what. So the end, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. it's true. But like, you know, there's just, you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, I, and I've, I've 
talked to lots of Christians who, who fear, um, doubting, um, and they fear, um, lamenting and bringing their unbelief and whatever to God, because they feel like it's a failure of their faith, you know? And that's like one of the scariest things as a Christian to think that you're fail, that you have a failure of faith, right? Like we're taught that like that, that's just horrible. And, um, but I, I think that doubt is not opposed to faith. Just, I think despair is opposed to faith. Like, mm-hmm. I think this, like, like when you get to the point where you just, you, you can find no more hope. Like, I, I think that is, is a failure of faith, but doubt is not a failure of faith. Like, waking up one day and like doubting like what's going on or why things are the way they are or being confused. Like that's not a lack of faith that that's a, I think that's an act of faith to bring to God saying, I don't understand, but I know you do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Jesus said that. I mean, Jesus on the cross, when right. he was, he knew exactly where he, he knew was the going. whole thing and he still said it. Why did he still say it? You know, it's like, because yeah. he was so intimate with his father yeah. to just sort of grit his teeth and bear it would have been denying his own humanity, which by the way, is a very beautiful part of us, even though we don't like it. And we're always yeah. trying to surpass it and be super spiritual. Like our humanity is where our spirituality lies because it's our temple. So like, let's embrace it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think also sometimes like when, when something bad happens, so let's like take COVID-19 or um, September 11th or some of these really big things that happen or, or just like um, untimely deaths or, you know, there's, there's all of these things that like we struggle to find the meaning in them. Right. Hard like why did this hard childbirths? Divorce. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It, or, you know, we, we found out our loved one had an affair or whatever, you know, like there's, um, and we struggle to find meaning. Um, but I think that when we, we immediately try to find like cheap and easy answers to those things, that's actually a lack of faith. I think mm-hmm. that there's more faith in saying, I don't understand, like going to God and being like, I don't understand um, I'm confused. Like, how could this happen? Like that takes more faith to me than being like, Oh, the patties are up. Well, you know, God's in control. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that does, that's like easier to say, not that that's wrong. Cause God is in control. I'm not saying that, but you know, the, 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 the little sayings that we say when something bad happens, um, you know, this, this is probably all in his plans, which it is, but like, that's, that's easy to say. The harder thing to yeah. say is, I don't understand. Like, this doesn't make sense. Help me to understand. Help me with my unbelief because I don't believe right now. Like saying those things to me take a lot more faith. But I think we, we're all programmed to think that that means we're lacking in faith when we say things like that. Yeah. What an so. effective lie. <laughs> what? What an what effective, effective lie. lie. Yeah. Yeah. So what do yeah. you think we should be collectively lamenting right now? And I say that because we were talking before we started recording about how um, mm. one person's lament could be another person's complaint and how there yeah. isn't like really a, yeah, you know, it, it, I probably shouldn't have asked you that question because I don't think we can really answer it because what yeah. I'm lamenting is different than what you are. And I know when I'm just complaining and being ornery or when I'm really lamenting something that matters to me and it could sound silly right like because we were talking about concerts and how um like and I'm not really like a huge concert person so to me that would just be like grumbling but like to somebody who music is everything to them and they like really love it and that's where they spend their money and like they just love they get a lot of life out of going to concerts and that's how God made them like that's real grief you know and so um to me it's real grief to not eat at restaurants and like some people might be like well that's stupid just get takeout but it's like no it's like the whole like I said, like yeah. working in them and it's just a, yeah. it, like, I really am grieving that I can't, I mean, I can go out to eat and I have a cup, but you know, it's just, it's not the yeah, same. It's different. It's not the same as it used to be. It's yeah. I think problem. it, I think a collective grief is things aren't the way they used to be. Yeah. I think whatever that is, you know, whatever it is for you, that's not the way it used to be. I think that's a collective grief. I think we're all in this state of Things aren't as they used to be. And that's a really hard place to be. Like it's a, as a nation, as a world, like um, as a global community to be like, things aren't the way they used to be. And they um, might not be. 
Like and they might, they might not be, it, things may be altered forever. And like that, there's a grief in that. And like, eventually we'll get used to it. But like, there's a great, just like there was a grief during the world wars and things weren't the same after the world wars, things changed, you know? And I think there's this grief of like, cause we want to hold on to the way things used to be. And I'm, I'm talking about myself too. Like we yeah. want things to just go back to the way they used to be. And the longer this goes on, the more we realize it's not going to go back to the way it used to be. And that's really hard. So I think that is a collective grief, whatever that looks like for you. But I think we need to acknowledge that. And as Christians, I think our job is personally to go before God and whatever it is, that's not the way it used to be that's causing you grief. But then to collectively on behalf of of humanity to be like, things aren't the way they're supposed to be. This is, our world is broken. And it's even, it even seems more broken than it has in the past, which is not true, but it's just the, the brokenness is being evident in other ways. And we need to like express that grief collectively as a church and then personally as Christians. And um, I think until we do that, we're never going to be ready to have hope in whatever's next. Like, yeah. and so, you know, that, that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning for Thanksgiving. Like I, until we can, it, it, before we can have hope and we can have gratitude for what we do have, because there are things we do have we all are very, most people listening to this, to this message have a lot to be thankful for. So I don't want to dismiss that. Um, But, um, but before we can feel that and before we can have hope and in a new normal and that it's going to be okay, that things are different. We have to collectively say this sucks. Like we don't understand, like, why does it have to be this way? Um, And I, you know, that's, that's a lament from the beginning, beginning of time. Like why do things have to be this way? So, yeah. And I think we're also lamenting just like, I mean, we know that like nothing in life is ever certain, but it's just, I feel like we're all collectively like right about now, or maybe, I don't think it's just me though, because I've seen a lot of people post about this and Erin Moon talked about it in her newsletter this week, but it's like, we've just all been kind of going on adrenaline and, you know, trying to be not even optimistic, but trying to just like grit our teeth and bear it this whole time. And now it's been what, eight months? Is it eight months? And we're all just kind of like fatigued and we're like, there's, we really don't know when things are going to be normal. And like, we've kind of like collectively, we're coming mm-hmm. off like the peak of the roller coaster and we're just like, I don't know what else I have to give. Like, I don't, I feel like we're all just kind of at our wits end. And then it's like, you know, the holidays mm-hmm. are kind of, which are great, but everyone's just, I feel like, I think it ebbs and flows with people's stress levels. Like we kind of will get like in the summer, it was kind of okay. These things were like sort of, Normalizing yeah. it was summer and there was a lot that was normal, but now I think like a lot of people I've spoken to, myself included, are like nervous about just like the winter and like there's just, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to do stuff. And I think we're all just, it's really hard. Like, I feel like if at the beginning of this, if they had said in August of 2021, things will be back to normal, I feel like it would have, done, but it's like this weird every day where I, mean, I had to just tell myself my kids aren't going back to school this year. Because yeah. the whole, like, every month being like, maybe they'll go back in two weeks. Maybe they won't. I'm just like, I can't do that. Like, I have to just tell myself. And then I'll be pleasantly surprised. But it's like, we can't sit in this weird limbo for so long without just, like, yeah. losing mind. So I think that's, um, I think just that big lack of, um, it's not even, like, timing. It's a, it's a lack of direction. We're just, yeah. sort of, like, ain't, we're wandering the desert. It really feels like that. And that's a very I was. Hey, but really just no, I told, I told the, my um, neighborhood group the other night, um, because besides the pandemic, there's some other stuff going on and I'm not going to, that's not going to be a complaining session for me, but like, there's other stuff going on with me that is um, making me like, I was telling them, I was like, it's not really that I'm depressed. I mean, I think there's moments of depression. It's not really that I'm feeling depressed. I feel rudderless. And mm-hmm. that's the word I thought of. Like, that's the word I keep saying over and over. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just like this lack of knowing where I'm going. Yeah. Um, that's, it's a very hard place to be in. Um, it's interesting. I found um, this um, article and I'll also link to this one. It was written um, by um, the Franciscan, it's the, the website for the Franciscan monks. So like mm-hmm. a bunch of different Franciscan theologians um, write for this blog, but this was actually from September, right after September 11th. So it's a whole, um, it's a whole article on lament for the church um, right after September 11th. But I really liked um, what the um, author said here. Um, he said, it's only after we lament, after we face and express the pain and negativity and get it all out, that healing can begin. In more theological terms, 
we can say that it is only by facing and going through the death that we come to new life to resurrection. Um, and I just love that like idea of until we learn how to lament and until we learn how to grieve, we can't uh, move through it to the other side. And we don't know what the other side looks like um, right now. And we don't know what, what to even hope for, I don't think. But we're never going to know until we can like lament what's going on. Um, and like you said, I think now we have a clearer picture of what we're lamenting. <laughs> I think, you know, if you want to listen, go back and listen to our episodes in March, like we're just like, what the heck is going on? Like kind of feeling, you know? And now yeah. it's like, now it's like, oh, this really sucks. Like, yeah. I'm being okay with saying that, you know? So. And I think about, I mean, this might be like a weird example, but it made me think of salad. <laughs> okay. Go with, go with it. I'm listening. Um, so if you're doing like an oil and vinegar dressing, like a really simple salad, you do the vinegar first because it penetrates the lettuce. And if you try to do the oil first, the vinegar just like spills off and collects. Yes. But you do the vinegar first because yes. it penetrates and adds flavor and then the oil goes on top of it and it yes. also changes the lettuce a little bit. Um, the vinegar makes it more, like especially if you get like a, a bitter, like a radicchio or something really uh, hearty and like, um, what's the word? Dense. Not soft. Dense. It breaks yes. down so it's edible and then the yes. oil like um, coats it. So it just, it makes me think I mean, you know, I see so many parallels in food and spirituality, but it just makes me That's think. That's why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think that we need the vinegar too, because then the the oil comes and it has somewhere to, like, I don't know. It's just like, you don't want a salad that has no vinegar because it, it provides like punch and contrast. Mm-hmm. And if you just had like oil on a salad, like no one would want to eat that. It would just be like so bland. And like, yeah. I just don't want to have a bland life. But the answer to that is we have to let the vinegar absorb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the, that, that, that's going to be the, the name of your devotional cookbook. What, let the vinegar absorb? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my challenge, I'm giving it to myself, so I'm going to give it to everybody else too this week because, you know, this episode comes out. And so we're like a week and a half out from Thanksgiving. And, um, and then right after Thanksgiving, literally the Sunday after Thanksgiving is the start of Advent. Like, I think this is a really good week. Um, I challenge myself and I challenge you guys too to like read the lament Psalms, like mm-hmm. read them and like really prayerfully consider like things that you need to like let out so that when we get to Thanksgiving, we can be grateful for things. And yeah. then as we turn towards Advent, like I really see Advent, even though it's going to look totally different than it has in years past, we're not going to be able to do the same things we used to do. And we can talk about that another time. Like, I think there's still going to be hope that comes out of Advent. And, but I don't think we can get to Thanksgiving and gratitude and we can't get the hope, the hope that we can find in Advent and the light and the darkness that Advent is until we like get some of this lament out. So this would be the perfect, we'll call this the lament week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I want to ask you, what is something you personally are lamenting? Like right now? I am personally lamenting how COVID has changed community for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think for some people, I think for a lot of people, it had COVID has actually brought them closer to their communities, like their smaller communities, not their larger communities, but their smaller communities, which I think is amazing. But through a series of like circumstances and school choice changes and stuff like that and, and decisions we've made, we've actually, uh, my, my community has changed significantly. And so there's uh, been a profound, profound sense of loneliness over the past few months for me that I've kind of like pushed aside and like, just was like, Oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally at the point where the past couple of weeks are like, no, I'm, I'm really lonely and this is really hard. And so I would say that that's probably my big, I mean, I have other little things, you know, I've got some family members with some health issues and um, that are partially related to COVID and partially not. And um, I, you know, I have other things that I'm lamenting and grieving, but I would say that's the big one for me right now. It's just, I, I think um, the the loneliness that all the change has caused for me. Yeah. So and you're definitely not alone in that. I mean, yeah. Ugh. I think what about uh, you? I think for me, it's uh, 
like lack of loneliness. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite, but you know, I'm an introvert and I'm yeah. a very social person and I like people, you know, but I'm an introvert, like literally, I think just in terms of recharging, like I really yeah. need by myself. Like I literally can't think if I haven't had, like I, you know, you know me. Um, mm-hmm. And it has been really hard because I'm, you know, my kids are doing virtual learning and um, I have my twins are almost six little girls and they're wonderful. But it's like, I've literally, and my husband's working at home and has been since March, you know, and, and I love, there's been so many good things that have come out of it. Like I feel like our family's closer than ever. I feel like we have bonded in a way that we maybe wouldn't have otherwise. And there's things I'm really grateful for, but it's funny because like when, like, I struggle to acknowledge my own needs and like, I've learned like, this is actually a need I have. This isn't me being like yeah, annoying and being like, I need a time. It's like, I really do. And I am not okay. And it's yeah. just hard. Cause like Chris and I talk about it and we're like, we don't know how to, it's like, this is a real need I have that I can't meet, you know? And like, if I do meet it, it's like, I'm putting a bandaid on an ax wound. It's like, I have like an hour and it's like, okay, great. But I, that's not enough. You know, it's never enough. Cause it's like backlogged since March. And it's just, it's really hard. Cause I feel like I'm not at my best. I feel like I'm completely exhausted all the time, just emotionally from having to like, that sounds bad. Like having to be with my kids all day, but you know, it's like, no, it's exhausting. That's legit. That's legit. It's a yeah. legit thing. Yeah. And so it's just hard, you know, it's, it's yeah. hard. And then it's like the things I want to do, like seeing friends and like, it's like, I have to choose like, well, do I want to see my friends or do I want to have time to recharge? It's like, it's just these like crappy situations, like, you know, and it's just, it's annoying, but I'm lamenting it because not only does it affect me profoundly, but it affects people around me because I'm not as good of a friend. I'm not as good of a spouse. And like, none of us are right now. And that's okay. Like we don't have to always be growing. Um, But I just know that it's affecting me and other people around me. And so I'm grieving that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that you move in with my family. And, <laughs> and I think, I think, I think that, that these are like our specific circumstances are specific to us, but I think our limit over loneliness or our lack of time alone, <laughs> that both, I think everybody could relate to one or both of those, or we have a flow between right. those two. Yeah, it's both like, it's, because you, time. it's like, it's weird. Uh, you, cause you, cause you can feel lonely while not being alone, <laughs> you know? That's and so it, it, it is the worst kind. Cause I definitely feel that. And so, because, you know, my husband's also working at home and my kids are going to school every day, which may or may not continue. We'll see. It's, it's teetering. And, um, and so, but they also aren't as in many, as many activities as they normally are because of COVID. So they're home more still, even if they're at school. So it's not like I'm alone in quotation marks. It's more of like, like friendships and everything just look different. And so it's more of like that kind of loneliness versus like that I'm actually at home alone all day. (laughs) Cause I'm not, you know, cause I'm not single and I still have children, but it's, it's more of the, like, it's more of the loneliness of, of a lack of community and purpose yeah. than it is um, that there's a loneliness and having no purpose um, or feeling like you have no purpose. We all have purpose, uh, but you know, but in, in these kind of times, it's hard to know what that purpose is. And so it's just lamenting the loss of purpose. I think for me is, you know, like I just, there was so, I didn't realize how entrenched I was in my community and how much I gave to my community and how much I served and all of those things aren't there anymore. And like, it really didn't feel like that much that I was doing that much because I wasn't like some martyr that was like serving people all the time. But like, I like you were doing, you do a lot. Like, yeah. And it's all gone. Like it's all gone. It's all gone. You know, Mm -hmm. teaching Sunday school at church, um, you know, being involved in my neighborhood school, like all those things that gave me life are all gone. Right. I think like, maybe that's a better thing to say because we do still all have purpose, but like the things that give us like, uh, like a zest for life or like a, yeah. you know, just like the things that make you feel alive, like yeah. for many of us, they're gone. And like, I know for me, I have literally, like, if I look back from March to now, it was like, I'm just, I went from like, it had to be like a really awesome dinner all the time. Cause I just like, and then I was like over-focusing on like food. And then it was like, yeah. 
I have to have like, I have to buy stuff and like, I have to have things coming in the mail so I can get excited. And like, and the, you know, those are pretty benign coping mechanisms. You know, it's fine. It's not, it's neutral, but I've just noticed as I've cycled through my coping mechanisms and now I'm kind of this place where I'm like, I feel tired of food. Like I just don't, I'm indifferent. And like, because it's just, and and I'm like, and I literally don't need any clothes and I don't need any jewelry and I don't need anything. And like, yeah, it's just, it's like super, because when you get to, this is where limit starts, right? Because it's like, we've kind of like done all of our little like things that we think we can do to fix it. And I'm just like, I literally have nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm at the end of the rope, rope, you know? And like, yeah. Hey God, like I'm going to have to do something, but yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. So that, that's like my biggest prayer tagged onto my laments is like, God, show me what the new purpose is. Cause I do, you're right. We all have purpose, but it just looks different than it used to. So like, what is he trying to teach me in this? Like what, where is he trying to point me to next versus like, cause I, because like where I'm finding myself now is just sitting in the, well, it doesn't look like it used to. So that means I have nothing to do now, which I don't, that's a lie. Like, you know, there, there's a, there, there, that's a lie. Like there, there, I, we do, we do all still have purpose. It just looks different. And so finding what that new purpose is, is, um, is where the direction my lament should go versus just thinking that it's like, that I just need to sit here and wait for it to be go back to the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to another friend about this who's, um, who her, um, her gifting and the way she serves the church is through singing and, um, you know, with not having church services in person and, and it just being online, you know, they, there's just a few musicians that are doing that because they have to keep the group small for social distancing purposes and all that kind of stuff. And so she's not getting to currently use that gift of hers. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, and that got me thinking that that conversation got me thinking about that. I felt like that's a lot of my issue and I didn't even realize that. And, um, yeah. and it's just, uh, it's hard when, when, you know, these, these gifts God has given you that he uses you in service for can't be used right now. It's, um, I, I don't think that we're alone in, in that feeling. I think mean, a lot of people yeah. are feeling that. So, absolutely. But yeah. I do think there's always a way to use it if you yeah. it. like. I mean, because I think you've remained a teacher both yeah. to me and to our podcast, and like, I mean, like you know, and there's always yeah. a, a way to use it. It just might look different, and we have to be yeah. with that. But open, yeah, yeah. Um, I but I think in, until I'm willing to admit that that has brought me grief and sorrow, and that I need God's help. Like until I'm willing to lament those things, I think I'm going to be stuck in the mire of it, you know? And yeah. so, so anyways, that's a goal. Rebecca, you talked about your feelings a lot and I'm very proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you don't love this. <laughs> and, and now I'm going to go have a gin and tonic. No, I'm just joking. It's only 2.30. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just going to Target instead and cope in that way. Oh, um, can I please tell our listeners that last week you told me I need to drink more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a good teacher of the gospel. I legit told her she needs to drink more. Chris told me that like the week before, because I just I I'm like hi like I'm like so I'm like I'm that person who like I didn't take any of the good painkillers after my C-section because I didn't want to get addicted to them, and so yeah. like I don't want to drink it because I'm like oh like, I'm gonna become an alcoholic, raging alcoholic, and I'm not like I. But it's funny because like Chris said that he was like, I think you could really just use like a little bourbon at night, just kind of like take the edge off. <laughs> take the like, edge off. Oh, if I start doing that every night, I'm going to be like an alcoholic. And then you were like, I really, I never said this to anybody, but I'm going to say it to you. I think you need to drink more. I was like, okay. <laughs> Two people who <laughs> know me very well are Just me. for <laughs> a public service announcement. I don't think alcohol is the answer to everybody's problems. And I would never recommend that to somebody that I felt like would abuse it. Just so we're real clear with the situation here. <laughs> but it was hilarious. <laughs> anyway. and, and this is why I'm not a counselor. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think I do. So anyway, you said gin and tonic. And I was like, oh, that actually sounds good right now. Perhaps I should make one and meet my goal of drinking more. <laughs> Glad I could help, friend. Okay, well, you know, everybody, you know, do your lament this week. And forever. <laughs> and forever. Um, work on it. I'm working on it. I'm in it with you. Um, yeah. And um, I'm excited um, for Advent. 
Me too. Um, I really am. I do think it's going to be a light in the darkness if we can just like commit to like seeing it that way and seeing that it's going to be different, but like being okay with that and like really commit to like seeing the light. Um, I think it'll be really good for all of our souls. And I think we're all really like in the long run, I think this will have been good. Yes, I agree. I think God will make a lot of good out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do really believe that it's just going to really suck getting there and Mm -hmm. with you. And if there's, I was going to say, if y'all, you know, as COVID continues and as life continues to be weird and we may not go back to normal, if there's things that you want to talk about, send us an email. It's fully woven at email.com. Like, and you don't even like, we don't have to, you can literally send us an email. We don't even have to talk about it. Like if it like makes you uncomfortable, like you just like send it with an idea and like the end. But I just think, um, you know, we, we want to serve you in ways that are good and helpful. And we know that there's a lot, like, I mean, this is just really hard. So if there's any, I mean, whether it could be like, you know, we've thought about maybe like, having a counselor on or like anything you think would help you during this mm-hmm. time, like just shout out to us, Instagram us, uh, you know, Facebook, email, whatever, um, reach out. It's funny that you said Instagram us, um, you know, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is Pantsy Politics. We've had them on before, <laughs> but um, the week of the election, <laughs> their DMs broke like literally broke because so many people responded them on Instagram that they finally had to say, cause they like to, they like to personally respond between them and their, the people that work for them like to yeah. personally respond to all DMS and, and they wrote, they, they came on Instagram live and we're just like, our DMS are broken. Here's our email address. Please email us if there's anything you need from us, but our DMS are broken. And in my head, I was like, that has never happened to us. <laughs> so our DMS are not broken. So DM us. <laughs> <laughs> now we just sound pitiful. Like, now, now I'm lamenting our lack of DMs. Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> aren't active on our social media. It's funny. I don't know. But at we least you're out listening. there and we know you're listening. <laughs> we hear listening and we, that is more, more important any day. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. what we're here well, for. We'll be okay, here friend. next week. What are we talking about next week, Rebecca? It's the first week of lament. Or lament. The first week of Advent next week. Woo! Well, we'll be on for the first week of Advent. And we've got fun surprises for you for that. So I'm very should excited. We, should we say it or no? Not yet. I think we shouldn't. Okay. But I think it's we should be a surprise. Really, it's really good. And it's different than anything we've done before. So yeah, I'm very excited. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. (laughs)